When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories. Today's episode is sponsored by Brazen Color Country. They sell livestock handling equipment and you can find them on Facebook or on their website at brazen.com. That's B-R-A-Z-Z-E-N.com. Our other sponsor for today's episode is the Escalani Yurts. If you find yourself in southern Utah and you're looking for a great place to stay with your family, I would highly recommend them. You can look them up on their website at escalaniyurts.com or on Facebook or Instagram. I am super proud to have these guys as sponsors. And if you or somebody you know is interested in sponsoring the show, please send me an email to cowboystoriespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Just a little heads up about today's episode. I apologize for some of the bits of audio that might not be as clear as they should be. I recorded this episode while I was on the desert helping my dad and I just found a spot on a hill that had good enough service to call and and I got Clyde on the phone. So I apologize that it's not as clear as some of the other episodes. But like I said, I was able to get Clyde Magnuson on the phone and visit with him. He is from Emory County, Utah, but he and his wife are currently serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Washington. So that's why we did the phone conversation instead of in person. But I was super excited to talk to him. He has been involved in almost every aspect of the cattle industry. He's very knowledgeable and I learned a lot from this episode, and I hope that you do too. Hi, Clyde. Thanks for agreeing to do this with me. So I guess the the first thing that I like to ask people is I just like to have them introduce themselves a little bit and then have you tell us a little bit about your childhood and the events that made you decide you wanted to be involved in the cattle industry. Okay. My name is Clyde Magnuson. I grew up in Castell, Utah. Uh, my ancestors actually uh, immigrated to to the Castle Valley, which Castell is. They were some of the first uh, pioneers to come into the area, and so my roots go pretty deep there. Uh, my childhood, my uh, I'll go back a little bit. 
My uh, father was uh, the oldest boy in his family, his, but his dad was actually killed in the coal mine before he was born. Oh. And so he, he grew up with a stepdad, and uh, and times is kind of, I mean, he, his stepdad was a good man, but at times it's kind of hard for them because they didn't have uh, didn't have much. And so he uh, he got a lot of experience just uh, hanging around and helping uh, other cattlemen and and mostly there was a big sheep operation the Sealies he he spent a lot of time with them who was uh, my grandmother's in-laws and so they kind of give him experience and that's that's where the foundation for our our basically our livelihood begun but uh when he was in high school he he went to high school during the day and worked in the coal mine and graveyards and so you can tell how tough things were for him yeah and, uh, but he always he always always wanted to, his own farm and ranch and and uh, so when he actually, after he graduated from high school, he went to work for my grandfather, by Johansson. And uh, and there, that's, that's when he married my grandmother, or, or my mother. And she was a daughter of Byron Johansson, who was, was a successful cattle rancher in the area. But uh, my, my mother and dad, they... They set out on their own. The first year they were married, they actually herded yearlings in Schofield, in the mountains by Schofield from my grandfather. He, he'd buy yearlings, and then they trailed them about 40 miles to the summer range there, and then they'd take them into Schofield in the fall and ship them out on the rail. And he did that the first year they were married, and uh, my mother used to tell about some the great experience that was that they had together. And anyway, so my dad, when he started out, he worked various jobs. He he worked at the mine, at the tipple, uh, handling coal. He uh, he worked at Sears Roebuck Warehouse, which is uh, everybody knows what Sears the Sears store was. Until I was about, I think I was probably about six or seven. And him and my mother was able to buy a small farm, which consisted of a a uh, mountain permit of 45 head of cows on Horn Mountain, and that's kind of where things got started. That's where their their dream started. And and that's anyway, cool. my, dad, my dad was really I got great memories of my dad. He he was really good to me. He always took me with him. Uh, there was, when he got that permit, it was a, a joint allotment, so there was other permittees, and there was a, a herd manager that kind of run the show, and he didn't like kids to go ride, and he didn't like women to go ride, and uh, so my dad was a new permittee holder, so he kind of had to do as he was told most of the time. But uh, they had two ways of getting on the mountain when they'd go ride. My dad had a a big truck, a big cattle truck, a 24-foot bobtail truck, which was big then. 
And there was another guy in Fairn that had one, and they would all the permittees would meet in either Fairn or Castle or Orangeville, which is just outside of Castle Dale. And they'd load all the horses in and crowd in. Some of them would ride in back with the horses, and they'd go on the mountain and do the riding and that they needed to do. Well, my dad, he he took me with when I was only um, eight years old or so, but I had a real good horse. And he took me with, and uh, I ended up riding with this manager that didn't like kids and didn't like women to go ride because they didn't think there was any help. And so I really worked hard a couple of days there riding with him and tried to prove myself. And after that was over, he he told my dad, he says, you you can bring that kid anytime you want. We'll give him a half a day's pay. So, oh, that's awesome. So you did prove <laughs> yourself to him. Yeah, I and uh, so anyway, I got, I got to start riding, helping with the punched cows and that on the mountain, and that you know at a very young age, and and uh, had some great experiences. But, Is uh, that the earliest memory you have of going? Oh, not really. I remember before that, my my grandfather run cows on the, the Santa Fe swell. And in the spring, the Santa Fe River would get real high, and he had a homestead in Fuller's Bottom. And uh, he'd bring, bring those cattle up the box, which is the the canyons in the river below Fuller's Bottom, and and then he would cross the river there in Fuller's Bottom and and, and come back into home to town with them for the to go on the mountain. And this one spring, the river was real high. And so I, I, my dad took me with him, and uh, I remember we had I had a Palomino mare that I rode at the time, and she was really dependable. But I remember getting there and getting to that river, and it was, it swim a horse, and uh, oh, probably you know, 50 yards wide. There we crossed 55, 75 yards wide. And I remember crossing that river the first time with my dad, and he told me, he says, don't look at the water, you'll get dizzy. Just look at the other bank, and don't let go of your horse. Stay with your horse, and whatever happens. And So that was my first, one of my first experiences, I remember. And uh, uh, how, I remember... How old were you? I was probably about six. And... Uh, I remember another time my, my grandfather runs horses out on the swale there, um, Sinbad. And uh, my my dad had a couple of mares that he run with him. And uh, anyway, we I got to go with my dad one spring to get those mares, to get those horses. And I, I had, a, I would have been a little bit older probably, would have been like seven or eight, but I, I was riding a, a thoroughbred gilding, and uh, he, he was a good horse, but he, he had he had pretty good speed in that. But anyway, this was before I seventy was built across the Santa Barbara, Santa Fe swell, and so we would have been out to the south where I seventy is now. We got the, the horses gathered, but there was this two mares that weren't wasn't there. And so I went with my dad and we went on farther south and we found the mares with a, a, a wild stud. And anyway, he uh, 
you know, we took after those horses, and I was just following along with him just as fast as I could go. And and the uh, the stud took off, and he got the mares cut away from him, and he told me to chase that stud as far as I could chase him. And I remember I run that stud until he got in the rocks, and I really thought I'd done something big. <laughs> but anyway, that's <laughs> one of my earliest memories. That's but, uh, cool. And how old did you say you were when you did that? I would have been about seven, I think. Cool. The interesting so your thing about run... that... Sorry, go ahead. The interesting thing about that horse, I, I was also in the, the Castle Dale had a riding club, a junior riding club, and we, I, I rode that horse in the riding club that Gildine and he, uh, we went to the riding club meet that later that summer. And I remember I went to the riding club meet and done real good on that horse, but I didn't. I come home without my horse. The pole, there used to be a polo. I buy buying polo horses that come around every couple of years and come to my grandfather's and the horses that they were raising. And uh, but anyway, he come and they told him about this gilding and they come and they and he seen that gilding and come to the riding club meet and bought that gilding right from under, underneath me. Oh. So I come home without my horse. <laughs> oh. But anyway, was it, I had a, was it a voluntary sale? Yeah, yeah, I had a, I had another one. I had another one coming up that I I grew up on. It was actually a a mare that was out of that black stud that we had chased away, and the, the mare that had got out with him with him. But anyway. So my my mother and father did get a start, and they they bought that that, that place. It was, uh, you know, I would say is probably might have consisted of a hundred acres of, of pasture ground and farm ground, and uh, and then a couple of years later they they bought another place next to it, about the same size, but there wasn't any permits or anything with it, and anyway. My dad done everything he could to support the family. He was actually the watermaster and the river commissioner on Tottenwood Creek and uh, done some custom work around. He, he bought a that truck that he used to haul, that I talked about where he hauled the horses on the mountain. He actually mm-hmm. ever, he'd gather up, he would custom haul uh cows and stuff to the auction in Salina, producer's auction. And the auction was on Fridays then. And so that, that was another way that he helped to make a living. And then uh, along when uh, well, I was 16, I started my junior year in high school. A horse fell on my dad and, and uh, put him in a coma and he laid in a coma for 11 months before he passed away. And uh, I, I was well, I was 16 when he got hurt. I was 17 when he died. And uh, so that was kind of my childhood. And my mother, well, she was left with the, the place, or we was left with it. And, trying to keep things together and things were kind of tough there for a few years, but, but we did it. Were you I, able uh, to 
to keep everything that your mom and your dad had worked for? Were they able to hold on to all of that? That that's the interesting thing. Yes, yeah. Other, my dad. They did have a herd of sheep. Had about a hundred head of sheep. And after my dad passed away, he uh, we actually got rid of the sheep. So we we had a, oh, about I would say about eighty head of cows. Uh, another experience. I'll go back up a little bit. We. When I was in elementary, after they bought that place, they, they entered into an agreement with a guy by the name of Pete Franson that had some winter permit in Sinbad. And then he had his private mountain range in Garden Creek, which is north and uh, west of Helper, Utah, about 40 miles from Castledale. He was actually right next to the ground where they used to run the yearlings when my mother and dad got married. And so anyway, we we took the, that guy's Pete's cow herd on with ours, and so we'd winter the cows in in Sinbad, bring them to Castle Dell in the spring, and then dip them and work them, and then take them on to trail them to Garden Creek. So we we trailed cow. There wasn't a, I don't remember any semi trucks, semi cattle trucks around in those days. So we trailed cattle everywhere we went. We, we we didn't haul them very much, and so I remember when I was in elementary, trailing cows from Castle Dell through Huntington clear to to Garden Creek, and it would take us a week week on the trail wow. to get a week in the fall. But it was some good memories. Remember How many miles would you say that was? It was about fifty miles, forty-five, fifty miles. Wow. That's pretty cool. We'd have to night herd. Or I wouldn't. I was just a little kid, but I remember getting. We had. We'd have a couple of hands with us, and we have to get them up, and you know, just kind of be the errand boy. Yeah. And there's no burden. But it was good experiences. And then uh, when my I. Uh, I graduated from high school. Well, I got a backup. Got a backup. When my dad got hurt, I uh, I took over hauling uh, cattle to the auction on Fridays. And like I say, the auction was on Fridays then. And uh, Thursday night after school, I'd, I'd gather up a load and take him down, flying, and then I'd come home. And Friday morning, I'd gather a, up another load and take him down. And then they give me a job there at the auction sorting cattle because they went into sale. And I contribute that to a lot of my education is what I learned sorting cattle there at the auction for those two years. And then after the, the sale, uh, Miller and Curtis packing plant there in Castledale, which was started by my grandfather and my uncle and, and my grandfather's uh, partner, owned it then. They'd buy a load of, of cattle to bring home to the packing plant, and so Friday after the sale, I'd load them up and bring them home. So that, that helped earn some money through after my dad was hurt and helped my mother get along, helped yeah. pay for things, and, uh, and that, that was my junior in high school, or junior and senior years in high school. 
My so mother. Kind of sounds. Sorry, I gotta go give ahead. my mother a lot of credit. You know, she's she was a strong woman and kept it all together. And then uh, I, after I graduated from high school, I I went for the winter to I got a scholarship to go to the trade tech in Salt Lake. I went up there and spent the winter during the week uh, studying electrical technology. And I I also got a job there working as a apprentice electrician after school. And then on weekends, I'd come home and, and, and load hay and everything for the week so my mother and my brother and sister could do the feeding and that while I was gone during the week. And so, so there I spent one winter. Kids. Yeah, I went once, sent one winter in Salt Lake and and decided I didn't want to stay in Salt Lake. No. I, I, I did you. have an older sister also, but she was going to school at the BYU at the time. Too. Okay. But uh, so I come home and uh, I got hired. I, I got a job at the uh, Huntington, Car- uh, Huntington Canyon Power Plant, which they were just starting up at the time. And uh, I spent that summer working there. And uh, I come home and I went, I, yeah, I worked there for just about a year. And then I. Uh, January of that next year, I finally got the girl that I've been trying to get to go out with me and date to, to do so. And uh, <laughs> she finally agreed. And, and by April, she we decided we was going to be married, and by May we were married. And that oh. was the best thing I ever done. I got the best partner there ever was in her. So anyway. I spent I spent a year year working at the power plant, and uh, we just kind of kept talking. And I could I could make about ten dollars an hour more by going to coal mine. And we we wasn't really working for to have a career. We was working to make some money to where we could we could get our own farm and do what we wanted to do. So I went to work that. Did you and your wife kind of have the same dream that your parents had? Were you kind of working towards the same thing that your parents worked towards when they were newlyweds? I I, I did, yes, and my wife was very supportive of what I wanted to do. And she she come on full with full support of anything that I wanted to do, and she was a great partner. She made she's what really made it work. In fact, I. I went to the coal mine that fall, and I uh, I went in and I I just worked as a regular coal miner. And then after a couple of years, I was put on as a mechanic. I got a mechanic bid or maintenance mechanic bid, and I got my electrical papers. And then right after that, they put me on as a maintenance foreman. And I for the and then for the, about the last three years, I, I worked as a maintenance foreman. And I, I spent six years there, and the last year that we worked, I worked there, she saved every other check with the idea that we were going to quit and, and just just ranch. And uh, we really didn't have a lot, have anything. We, we, we was putting together a herd of cows, and we had about 30 cows, and then we was running what my mother had. We run them together. We, we were running the place. 
And uh, I got it back up here. It's about this same time, or during that time, the uh, Utah Power and Light decided they were going to build another power plant. And the ground that they picked was the ground that my mother and dad had bought for the Hunter Power Plant. Oh, wow. And my mother, she, rather than just selling out and taking the money and taking life easy, she traded that ground for a, a couple other farms. And a, a, a farm down in Cleveland where my sister had got married and she lived there. So she had, she traded it for these, these other farms. And so we was to continue our operation. And uh, for a couple of years, I, we we run that and uh, that was a smart move by your mom. Pardon? Yeah, it was. It really was. I mean, she she loved she loved the ranching as much as anybody, and she she was a hard worker, and um, she wanted to to keep things together, and she did. And. Anyway, we uh, we we got, we got a chance to buy a, a some permit, and now we'd we'd build up to where we had about sixty other cows, and I was able to buy a forest permit or some of the permit that was on the same permit that my mother had permit, and so we bought that, and then we we uh, the last year there that I was coal mining, she had saved my wife had saved the. Darlene, my wife's name is Darlene. She had saved every other check, so we quit quit coal mining, and I went to we went to doing some custom hay custom haying, and uh, I got a, a watermaster job. Done everything we could to make ends meet. I shot horses for people, and and uh, so we made it. We and we did. By then we had uh, three kids. So just the year we quit, we got our fourth, fourth son or our fourth kid, which was a son. We had two daughters. Our oldest two were daughters, and our youngest two were sons. And uh, were they as involved in everything as you were with your parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we raised our family horseback and and at the field. When I an interesting thing, I, I get hay fever, and so uh, when we do custom hay, well, all of our hay and my my wife she took over the baling of the hay because it was so dusty. There was no calves, the you know small bales and and uh, I'd, I'd do the cutting and hauling, but the, the hay baling gave me hay fever so bad that. She she did all the bailing and the, the kids they tended each other out in the shade of the trees and and played in the field and played in the canals and they were with us all the time and they started riding young and uh, they were they were always great help. So Do you we, have any uh, favorite memories from taking your kids with you? Oh, many many of them. Are we. You know, they were just always there. They were always doing as much as they could to help. They were just part of the crew. They, they, when we, 
when as we progressed along we we ended up buying another farm and uh, and then we bought another farm with some permit and then we bought another set of permits from another guy and we we bought a, another farm which was a bigger farm and uh, there was a uh, 175 head of permit with this. So we ended up with over 300 head of permit by the time, by the time uh, my sons graduated from high school. And now, now on that a lot, we, we have uh, 435 head of permit. But uh, the kids, they were always part of it. In fact, when Stacy, our oldest daughter, got to be 16 and got her driver's license, we we took we always we took the herder job. There's on these allotments. There's they hire a herder for the summer. So we always did the herding. And uh, when Stacy got to be 16, got a driver's license. The four kids actually went lived on the mountain in the summer, and they herded the cows. And we would we'd come help them when we could. But Darlene and I were busy tending water and and doing the farming too. So we had great memories of the kids there. <laughs> there was one year the kids had been there all summer and they were kind of getting bored and we started to gather cows. So Darlene uh, created a scavenger hunt that they had <laughs> to find during the day while they were gathering cows. And it ranged from from a, a cow's horn to uh, deer hair to an old pop can. Uh, snail shell, just stuff you'd run into during the day, and it it made the kid the day a lot more interesting for the kids. I guess that's the memory we had. I remember there was a calf there that had little horns, and they hadn't found a cow horn, so the boys roped the calf and cut its horn off, so they had the little nub of a horn. It was just a, you know just a little skirt, so they could take it off with the pocket knife. <laughs> Anyway. And they found everything else. Yeah, yeah. I guess. How old were they? Well, Stacy would have been sixteen. Jamie would have been fifteen, and Rod would have been thirteen, and Lee would have been twelve. I think. That sounds like a pretty good way for them to spend their summer. A great way to they raise kids. <laughs> you know. You know, I never really. Wanted to to do anything other than be a cattle rancher. Everything it seemed like I did was focused on being putting together a ranch, and uh, and we we did we we have succeeded at that. We we run at one time we had thirteen hundred mother cows, but right now we're kind of stable at between a thousand and eleven hundred cows. And your permits are still just all right there around Castledale. Well, we, oh, in uh, it had been like 2007 or so, I think. Yeah, we we had about five. We accumulated about 500 head of cows and uh, and had a little over 300 head of permit, and we. Uh, Got a chance. Glendon uh, Johnson owned the Castle Valley Ranch, and it's a ranch outside of Amory, and it runs over towards uh, Bicknold and ne- next to the uh, 
What's the name of the park? Capitol Reef. Uh, Capitol Reef, yeah, neighbor Capitol Reef Park there. We go to chance, he asked us to lease his, to lease that ranch from him. And then the the farm part it was just outside of Moore. And then there was the Baker Ranch come with it and uh that was a a six hundred head permit year round operation, but we don't it would really only handle four hundred and fifty. And uh in that agreement I had we had to buy the cows. And he, he said they had they figured they had four hundred and twenty five head of cows and so we made an agreement to buy those cows, but it was a real tough winter. That winter and uh come spring when we took over and got the cows gathered we ended up with like three hundred and ninety five. There'd been some winter kill and stuff. So it had been a tough winter on those cows. But anyway that increased our, our numbers four hundred head approximately and that was really so we we run 450 head out there and then we also bought another permit and a little a farm in Emory and uh, that ended up to be a 260 head permit that we had there and so but anyway, after seven years, Glendon died, and uh, his son decided he wanted to do something else with the, the the Baker and the Casa Valley Ranch, and so we lost that lease, but we still owned all the cows. So what I'm getting at is we we have about 750 head of summer permit there in, in Emory County, and then we're always looking for some somewhere to run another 300, 350 head of cows. So we, we've run cows and we, we've got a good friend in Idaho where we've, we've taken cows up there. He's had extra pasture and, and around Rexburg and kind of get scattered around sometimes. Yeah. So it sounds like from a very young age, you were involved in every aspect of the industry and so would you say that there was one particular time in your life that you decided that you wanted to be involved in every aspect or as you grew up did that just kind of happen well i'll kind of tell you how things come about to be more involved in every aspect we oh we when uh when my dad got the permit on Horn Mountain and all the permits there, everybody ran Hereford cows, Hereford bulls, Hereford cows. And, but we found out when my dad died that we were having a hard time maintaining numbers with just those Hereford cows because of all the problems that they have. And, and my grandfather had, had experimented some with a, a, a Brahma bull on Hereford cows and those F1 crossbred cows and that really turned out good for him and so Darlene and I we we went and I would say somewhere around 70 what 78 76 in 1976 we went to Warm Springs Nevada and bought a, a full-blood red bull. And we brought him home and put him on those cows. And well, I'll back up a little bit more. Well, 
we'd had I, I, I bought half a dozen half blood cows, F1 Brahma cows, just I got out of high school, and they were just kind of always the favorite cows, and that was reason another reason we went that way. So anyway, I, I say that it was the Brahma bull that put me in the cow business. Because when we have to, when we started getting using those crossbred cows, that's when things really started to to change for us. That concludes part one of my interview with Clyde Magnuson. Stay tuned for part two coming out in two weeks. And like always, to put a face behind the name, check us out on our Instagram page at Cowboy Stories underscore podcast. <laughs>